Hello and welcome to the Unorganized and Lost podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, and I'm here to prove you don't always have to be organized to follow your dreams and getting lost isn't always a bad thing. Today on the podcast, I have Travis Thomas. He is currently the leadership and team dynamics coach for the U.S. men's national soccer team, and he also is the author of Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes And. And I'm so excited to dive into that, but also his story that got him to this book and got him to the soccer team. So Travis, welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, Excited to be here, Michelle, uh, as someone who is is also uh, unorganized and lost um, in (laughs) in life and is yes anding it every step of the way. So yeah, I'm excited to be here and jump in and, and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yes, I'm so excited. So we actually bonded over the fact that we're both both in love with the lake life. Yes. And we do. so we were actually able to meet at Lauren Johnson's event um, a few weeks ago and it was Elite by Choice. And it was yes. so exciting because you got to be a speaker there. And the thing that was so exciting to me was your story about how you got to be with the U.S. men's soccer team. And it's not only that you work with them, but also your story getting there and your story alongside it and how you live your life with live the yes and. And so I'd love to dive into what, give a brief thing about what live yes and means, and then we'll kind of backtrack and figure out how we got there in the first place. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack there. So I'll I'll try to keep it uh, short and then we can continue wherever it needs to go. But the, the, yeah, the, the interesting thing about the story uh, is that it that was just the story based on a conversation you and I had. It didn't even make it to the stage. And so uh, you got the you got the secret version of the uh, how <laughs> I ended up with the national team. Um, but so live yes and live yes and uh, well, two of those words, the yes and the and is the basis of improvisation. Uh, so all improvisational comedy is based on those two words. Yes. And so any actor, any one who's done improv um, level one class, first thing you'll learn is that improv is based on yes and. And so yes is acceptance and is is building off of an idea. Yes and, yes and, yes and. And so I found improv in my mid twenties. I graduated, grew up playing sports. Um, That was my passion, got married out of college. My wife and I were in Boston, new jobs, new city, new experience. And we went and saw an improv show and I was blown away. And it's like, that's magic. How do they do that? So I, you know, being a curious guy, I, I, I signed up for a, a class and a, one class turned into a year and a half worth of classes and going through the entire training center and going from a student to a performer and a performer to a teacher and, and performing and teaching and just fell in love with improvisation for the principles that uh, are applicable to sort of every aspect of life. And, you know, fast forward a number of years later, uh, as I got into coaching, executive coaching and performance coaching and uh, working with companies and then working with top level athletes. And I always use these improvisational principles to to demonstrate um, mental skills and leadership skills and life skills, because I feel improv that yes and is is just a great way to live life. And so when it was time for me to start my own company and I uh, needed to come up with a title, a snappy title, and I knew yes and had to be in it. I just reflected back on sort of the previous 20 years at that point of, of my marriage and my, you sort of how my wife and I were trying to, to do things. And I was like, it's gotta have yes and in the title. What is it? And I'm like, well, you've been living yes and. And I was like, oh, that's it, right? Just live yes and, live, live that mantra, live that principle of yes 
and and uh, so that's when I started my own consulting company uh, seven years ago, uh, actually almost exactly seven years ago, and um, and so I've been working with 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 groups and teams and companies um, ever since. And so that is the 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 Travis sort of bio in a in a nutshell. Um, so I'll let you jump back in, Michelle, unless you want me to to tell how did I how did I sort of use that to to end up with the national team. Um, yes, I think we'll get there. I think that that part of it is so how it all ties together is very, very exciting. And so we'll get there. But I think the thing I really like to talk about, too, is with Live Yes And, what is something that when like you first started your own business and you're going around, did you ever think that you would be with the U.S. men's team? Is that you're like, OK, do you know what? We had do Live Yes And. I'm working with all these different companies all one day work with the U S men's soccer team. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't on the vision board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it wasn't, um, it wasn't part of the plan. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've, I've come to grips with or come to peace with on my particular journey is that uh, I'm not a big planner. <laughs> I don't really, I don't, things haven't been laid out. I can't say I want to do this path or this path, this path. I, I sort of, I tend to follow my passion slash curiosity and, and, and by doing that, the, the, the road has been very windy. Uh, but, um, you know, growing up as a soccer player and playing in college, you know, I, I love our U.S. national team. I'm a huge fan. Um, and I'd worked with different professional teams and, and college teams, but I never really sort of had, you know, the national team on like, ooh, I need to work for them one day. I really actually, Michelle, thought that that ship had sailed. And yeah. uh, that was sort of the motivation for writing the book. And um, I was at IMG Academy in Florida, which is like Hogwarts Academy for athletes, you know, so kids from <laughs> yep. all over the world, from middle school, elementary, middle school, and high school come to, to train, go to school and train in their sport. And um, I was a leadership coach there for two and a half years. And I was working with the under 17, the US under 17 boys national team who was training and living there. And I would work with them every couple of weeks. And, and one day I was doing a session and uh, there was a gentleman standing in the back. I didn't recognize him. He came up after my session. I did a yes and session, interestingly mm -hmm. enough. He came up to me, he said, hey, um, the head coach would love, he would like that session. Would you be willing to do, to do that session for the, the senior national team that's in California right now? It's like, of course, dream come true, yes. Yeah. So, totally do that. Um, Jurgen Klinsman was, was the coach at the time. This is 20... 15 uh, January 2015 and I was like awesome he's like I'll set it up we'll get you on a plane we'll send you out of there I'm like this is amazing this is the coolest thing you know don't count your chickens until they're hatched and sure enough a couple of days later he's like hey I'm so sorry the schedule has shifted we don't have time to bring you in but maybe we can do it in the future and I was like devastated like oh I'm so close like that would have been yeah. like oh you know, I, I, I would have gotten a chance to just speak to the national team and that would have been just sort of icing on the cake. And so it didn't work out. And I was sulking in a Starbucks in Florida and uh, uh, this little angel came up and sat next to me. He was a parent of a student at the academy who I'd never met before. Long story short, he said, hey, listen, you're going to be a consultant. You're not going to be here long. You're good at what you do. And he's like, you need to write a book. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you need to write a book. He goes, it's a, it's a feather in your cap, right? If you're going to be a speaker, you're going to be a coach. He goes, it's going to help if you're an author as well, right? Published author. It just, right, it's another feather in your cap. And I was like, uh, well, I've always wanted to write a book. He goes, it doesn't need to be good. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, you just need to write a book. Well, his confidence I, in you. Yes. And he's like, I'm sure it'll be good. It doesn't need to be good. Yeah. And he's like, it just, it's another thing that helps you get your foot in the door. And I was like, oh, hey, I think I appreciate it. And he left and I was sitting and starting and I wanted to write a book for a long time, but I, I didn't have that little extra nudge, that little extra push. And yeah. as I, as I sat there sort of in my own soup, if you will, I said, I'm writing that book. Right. And I, and I wrote the introduction in Starbucks that morning. And over the next six months, I chipped away, I chipped away, I chipped away, I chipped away. I wrote the book. Um, within those six months, I left IMG uh, within four months and um, finished the book about a year later, self-published it in 2016 and just started started my career as a consultant and would send the book out and send the book out and send the book out, never thinking anything would happen because you know you just don't send cold books out and people read them and hire you. And 2019, I was like, hey, I, I was in this pattern. I'm doing a lot of speaking. I'm doing doing much more speaking on the road and 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 um, and and working regularly. And things were picking up. Still a grind, but things were picking up. And I sent the book cold to the 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 new U.S. coach, uh, Greg Berhalter, without any expectation. And I wrote a little note in it. And um, a week later, I got a text back, and he's like, hey, thanks for the book. I was like, whoa. Like, wasn't expecting that. Like, I, I've got a cell phone number. Like, I can sell this, right? I'm just kidding. Yeah. So <laughs> I said, hey, no, I appreciate it. You know, he goes, I said, maybe we can chat sometime. He's like, absolutely. Again, now I'm thinking the conversation's really over. Yeah. And, and uh, two weeks later, after Thanksgiving, this is November 2019, he's like, do you have time to chat? And I was like, whoa. Uh, you know, let me rearrange some things in my schedule. Like, right? I, yeah, so, I think I could make some time for the U.S. Yeah, men's national let, team let me, coach. Let me let me slide you in. And uh, <laughs> so we spoke that afternoon. He had read my book, and he's like, "Hey, I like your ideas. Here's my vision. I've been on the job for a year with the national team. Here's my vision for the team. Here's our values. Here's the culture. I need someone who can come in and uh, keep an eye on the culture." and focus on the culture and, and, and help with the mental skills and help with the team dynamics and all these different things. He's like, are you up for that? And I was like, of course, what's my answer? Yes. Yes. And let's do this. Yeah. Right? And that was the beginning. And so January, 2020 was my first um, month with the team and uh, I've been with them, you know, uh, ever since. Right. And so we're, we're now qualified for the world cup and uh, going to Qatar and in, in November for that. And we've, we've won, two major championships during that time. It's just been this whirlwind roller coaster dream come true scenario. But here's the kicker, Michelle, right? Like, why did yeah. I write, why did I write my book in the first place? It's because my opportunity to go and just give a talk to the national team didn't work out. And as a result, I sat next to that parent and he told me I needed to write a book. So I decided to write the book and then uh, fast forward um, four years almost four years after that, by sending the book that I was inspired to write because of not getting the job, that book ended up getting me a full-time position on staff with the national team. Um, and this full circle, like you just never know where, you know, any part of your life is going to lead you. But if you, if you just keep going and you stay on that path and you stay on the journey, and, you know, it's the getting lost, right? Allowing yourself to be unorganized and getting lost, but you're getting lost by being on purpose and, and being your, your, you know, your true authentic self. And if you're your true authentic self, you're never really lost. You just don't know where you're going. And uh, there's a difference. There's a difference between the two. 
So when I think of purpose, purpose to me is when you have a clear sense of your purpose is kind of your identity, like you know who you are at your core and not what, not the what, you know who you are at your core and that's your compass. So I, you know, if, if I, I can pick you up and drop you anywhere in the world, if you know what your purpose is, you'll always be able to take the next right step. So it's not a map, it's a compass. The compass always points you in your true north, but it doesn't tell you all the twists and turns that are going to happen along the way. You're always facing your true north, and that's your next step. A map is a detailed turn-by-turn -turn navigation. We don't have that. So your, your purpose is your compass. And so you can be lost, but you're never really lost. You just don't know where you're going. Absolutely. Wow. That was amazing. <laughs> There's so much good stuff in there. Um, the thing I love so much about all of that is how you tie things together and how you, you understood how it came full circle for you. One of the things that you had told me was you were in the Starbucks with the parent and ironically you met with the coach at Starbucks later that's, on it is a different right. starbucks and i was like it all came yes, full circle it, starbucks was where you were when you basically true. were sulking that you didn't get the job and then you were at starbucks again when they were offering you a job that is true i forgot that funny detail yes for those listening is when i eventually met with the the head coach in person it was at a starbucks and that's where we solidified yes like let's let's do this and so um, I feel like we should be getting a corporate sponsorship out of this somehow, <laughs> Michelle, Absolutely. I mean, whether it's, you know, coffee for life or, or, you know, like, you know, live yes. And uh, brought to you by Starbucks. There's gotta, you know, we, we need to work out some, some partnership here. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, is that we learned that Lauren kind of had the one who introduced us had a little bit of a another Starbucks, Starbucks moment connection. For, yep. Very big Starbucks connection. Um, yeah. I'm not much of a coffee drinker. So if we do get a sponsorship, I'll make sure that you get the free coffee for life. Thank you. I appreciate You're welcome. that. I appreciate yeah. that. I don't know I'll if that's possible. It. Well, we're yes. And you know, we'll figure it yeah. out. <laughs> you got it. Absolutely. Here's the, here's the full, full circle, right? It'll just keep yeah. extending the circle out. Yes. So, Another. so what's the biggest thing that you learned when writing your book? Cause you always said you wanted to do it. And then all of a sudden you took action on it pretty quickly, which is incredible the fact that you wrote a book that quickly and were able to publish it and you always you did say that it was self-published so it's easier but it's still you still wrote a book <laughs> yeah 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 that i so i say it took six months to write but like i said the the ideas have been percolating for years right i mean yeah. again i i i actually graduated my, my degree in college was an english major um <laughs> which meant i did a lot of writing yeah and i, I only was an english major because you know, again, going back to now, most of us don't always know what we're going to do with our life, but I, yeah. I quasi enjoyed writing and I was decent at it. And so I'm like, well, I, I guess I'll pick a major <laughs> that sort of taps into a skill set. Right. All right. Absolutely. So I learned way too much English literature that I have no interest in, but I had to do a lot of writing in the process. And so um, and then I get into comedy and I'm writing sketches right now. I, I did a little mm. bit of advertising. I'm writing ads. And it's like, you just never know again, like when you follow your curiosity, yeah. you never know where it's going to lead, but you're like, Oh, I'm utilizing all these skills from my past. And the reason I'm utilizing them is because I was interested in them, which leads then to different things and new things. And you're just sort of, so you're utilizing those skills that you're developing at the time that you don't know you're going to need them until probably a later date. Yeah. But it's, it's because you're, you're curious that you're developing them. But the writing of the book, 
it went quickly because the the inspiration was there the motivation was there and the ideas were there i just needed i just needed that that push that sort of kind of brought everything into alignment and now now just write it just write it mm -hmm. and so a lot of people have asked me are you going to write another book and my answer is yes i'm going to write another book but i don't know <laughs> what it is yet and so yeah. you know i've tried to to start a book before without without having sort of that that inspiration there to be like this is what it is write it and yeah and then i so it's so i know it's it, it didn't take long to write but it did because i i needed to you know allow that simmer to come to a boil and yeah. uh, one, once it started boiling then it was then, then it was easy to write that's amazing so if you could give just like a brief example of how to use yes and to empower people and how they can kind of implement it in their life so that people can use it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so let's let, let's you and I just do a yes and this is this okay. is one of the activities that we did at, Perfect. at Elite by Choice with Lauren. Yeah. Uh, so you and I we're gonna, we're gonna do a simple yes and you and I are going to talk about uh, our weekend plans, right? Mm -hmm. um, that are fictitious. We are not getting together this weekend for the listeners. <laughs> but if we were, um, uh, the only rule is we're going to plan a pretend weekend. And whatever I say to you, you're going to say yes and, and build off of whatever new information I gave you, thus giving me new information back. And I will yes and and build up. So we're always responding to the newest information which keeps mm -hmm. our story moving forward. Yeah, super simple. I know you did it. So I just want to explain to the audience that's how it works. So I will start- I'm still stressed about it. <laughs> Good, that's why I sprung it on you so you didn't have to think about it, right? Perfect. Uh, Michelle, I am so excited about the trip we're going on this weekend. Yes, and I'm so excited for us to get on the lake for the first time together. Yes, we are gonna be wake surfing on the lake all weekend. Yes. And we are probably going to get some people to tube and maybe throw them off the tube because. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You are an amazing boat driver. And uh, I heard that no one has been able to stay on a tube uh, for an entire run when you drive the boat. Yes. And we do our best not to kill them, but we, you know, we make them have some good times, but also, you know. Yes. Yes. Well, you are an ER nurse. And so when you do injure people in the water, you're able to treat them at the same time. Yes. And uh, it is interesting being an ER nurse that you also hurt people, but you get to fix them at the same time. Yes. You are like the Dexter of, of, of wake boat <laughs> driving where you intentionally hurt people so that you can then save them. Yeah. And yeah. I. And then you basically, someone asked you to get on the tube and you go, I think I'm okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, uh, once we finish tubing, uh, we're going to have an amazing cookout on the beach. Yes, we are. And the other thing we're going to do is have great snacks, lots of chips, lots of appetizers along yes. with that cookout. Yes, you have a partnership with Trader Joe's and uh, they have agreed to completely uh, uh, take care of the entire feast. Yes, they have the best artichoke dip that they're going to bring for us and they're going to they're going to also cook everything. Yes. Someone from Trader Joe's is going to cook it all. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, we're, we're going to have a, uh, a ukulele singing contest. Yes, and you're going to be in the contest. Yes, and I will be hula dancing as well. 
Yep. And you're also giving lessons for the, those that don't know how to hula dance. And scene. There we go. <laughs> Wake surfing, ER nurses, Trader Joe's, and hula dancing. It's what everybody they're, needs they're, on a weekend. It's what everyone needs, Michelle. So, um, so what, what is the question was, what in the, how does yes and actually apply to life? which it's not really that, uh, but that is, that's sort of demonstrating from an improvisational standpoint, that's, that's what improv is, right? It's, it's two or more performers being on stage and they're creating stories out of nothing based on the simple agreement that no matter what you say, I'm going to say yes and to your idea and you will say yes and to my ideas and we'll just keep building a story and it can go in any different direction. It really doesn't matter where it goes because I've got your back and you've got my back. And that is the relationship that yes and and improv creates. It's, I can't control what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I know that my partner is going to go with me and say yes and, and I'm going to say yes and and go with my partner. So it's this total surrender to controlling where we're going, but also knowing the power of yes and allows us to respond and build off of wherever our story goes. Well, that's beautiful. It's why I fell in love with improvisation, like to work with a group of people who are totally trying to collaborate and work with you instead of working against you. Most of us have been in relationships or environments wherever where people are kind of working against you instead of working with you. Well, how does that apply to, to real life? Well, on an individual standpoint, you know, yes, and the reason it's called live yes, and which is kind of whatever is happening to you in your life, you have to accept it. That's the yes. You don't have to like it. Big difference. I don't have to like what's happening, but I have to accept it because you cannot progress mm -hmm. until you say yes, right? Yes is accepting this is happening. Yes. And we talked about purpose earlier. Well, when I'm clear about who I am, my and response is just how I'm, what am I going to do with it? Right. And Absolutely. that's, and that's where we have power. And so we cannot control 100% of what happens to us. And we get to control 100% of how we respond. So it's not about controlling an outcome or controlling our situation. It's recognizing that I have power and influence in my response to it. So all of my energy is going to be based on how do I respond to life instead of how do I complain about what is happening to me that victim mindset absolutely you know i shared at the conference everybody is an improviser right we're yeah. all imp improvising our way through life day in and day out moment by moment by moment by moment but because it's life we don't see that we're improvising but we are right like if your car breaks down you can't sit there and go nope my car did not break down this should not be happening my car did not break down i'm not listening it's the equivalent of you and I telling a story on stage and I say, oh, my, Michelle, I love your new sweater. And you're like, it's not a sweater. It's a jacket. Uh, no, it's a sweater. No, it's not. It's a jacket. And so the scene doesn't go anywhere because you're not yeah. accepting. You're not accepting my idea. Yeah. So when, li when life says you have a flat tire, you can't say I'm not supposed to have a flat tire. Well, you have a flat tire. Yeah. A and what are you going to do about it? Are you going to complain and, 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 and throw a tantrum or are you going to take the next right step, the next practical step to deal with it? You don't have to like it. It might make you late for a job interview. It might make you late for your, your uh, delivering a baby, whatever. 
it's happening and what are you going to do with it? So when we can live in this yes and mindset, I like to say it's living in uh, radical collaboration with reality, right? I can't control what's going to happen to me and I am always going to respond with purpose and that will always be my best response. Absolutely. The thing I love about this so much too is your example with um, working in teams and working with businesses and things like that because you know we've all probably been in that that meeting where you try to give an idea and they shut you down instead of saying yes and and giving you yeah. the opportunity to be creative and give you that outlet. So I think that was a great example that you gave for leaders that if you say yes and to all your employees, they're going to give you so many great ideas that you may not always agree with and you don't have to always agree with, yeah. but to give them the power to say great idea or like, I like where you're going with this and let's, you know, and not just shutting it down or even turning them down in any sense. It's adding to it or bringing up new ideas. And yeah. when you had us do it in a example where our group had to basically create a fake elevator pitch in a sense for shark tank or whatever yeah. company, uh, guppy bowl. It made us, remember, yes, we need to make sure. Oh, sorry. Guppy bowl. Yes. yes. Sorry. Guppy bowl. and, as a group of people that don't really know each other, we'd met each other a couple days before that or the day before and come together. And even if you didn't like someone's idea, it went so quickly to come to a conclusion of an idea because of yes and, and not being able to say no. Yeah. Because even if you disagreed, figured out, you kind of figured out what was worth fighting for and what wasn't and realizing that yeah. some ideas were better than you realized because someone added to it, right? Yeah. In a positive yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, Michelle, you're you're too young to remember this, but uh, when I was younger, growing up, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, right? Mm -hmm. Their their campaign for the longest time was two different people: one person who accident who has peanut butter, and another person who has chocolate, and they undoubtedly the, one of them would put their peanut butter in their chocolate. You say, you put your peanut butter in my chocolate. And they say, no, you put your chocolate in my peanut butter. And then they would take a bite and they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is even better. That's yeah. yes. That's yes. And right. Yeah, Which is absolutely. like, I've got peanut butter. I've got chocolate, put them together. It's even better. And, and to your point about teams, the whole team aspect of this is, you know, as we, we do these exercises, which force people to have to say yes. And, Mm -hmm. obviously we can't really live our life that way because you know it's like we have we have to have parameters around what is what is possible so if you just in improv yes is acceptance right i I'm, i actually have to accept your idea but if we apply that to life to relationships to work to teams when you say kind of what you're what the yes in a team environment is you're not accepting or agreeing that that idea is going to be used what you're giving is you're giving permission and empowerment for people to share their ideas absolutely so you're creating that mental space that mental environment where it's like yeah yeah awesome i want to hear your ideas that's a crazy idea wow okay i don't know if we can do anything with that but let's let it live in our in this environment and maybe like on a crazy scale, your idea is a 10, but because you shared it, we take it down to actually 
a five, like, oh, it, this isn't doable. If we, if we, yeah, that's way too out there. But if we bring it back a little bit, that's an idea. Oh, and we can combine it with Sue's idea and Carl's idea. And now, now we're tapping into, again, that idea of the collective genius of the group. Yeah. Which is everybody working with one another from their various perspectives and their various creativity. And we're all moving in one direction. Yeah. Compared compared to everybody trying to prove that their idea is a complete idea and it's better than everybody else's. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the other thing that's really impressive too is it opens up the floor for more ideas, right? Because the yeah. problem is is yeah. that when you get so stuck in that idea of shutting people down, that idea might have honestly it might have not even helped the scenario at all. But the problem is when you shut them off and give them that fear of never wanting to share, they could probably have 15 amazing ideas, but you shut down that one and now they're, they're closed off and they go, okay, well, I guess one, I don't matter. And two, my ideas don't matter, which is so interesting because how are you going to get people to work for you if they think they don't matter? That's you're exactly right. And all we need, I mean, most of us, it only takes being shut down once, maybe twice. And then we tap out. We're like, woo. I know like, why am I going to continue to humiliate myself? And so we just mentally check out and we just play the game that we've been conditioned to play many times in our life, which is okay. Who's in charge here. All right. I'm going to wait for them to make the decision. And then I will, I will work with it because that's what's safest for me. Right. I know how to play this game. Who's the teacher in the classroom. Yes. What do I need to do? Make her happy to get an A. I'm going to make her happy and get my A right. Who's the boss. Yeah. What I'll make sure that I, yes. Don't say anything that's going to, you know, make him not like me or her like, like me. Good. Play the game. Yeah. And we, and so we, we learn to play the game, but when we knock down those walls and we're like, Hey, we are all, we are all collaborating and working together. Boom. Now you've got my full engagement, my full investment. Absolutely. I, I care about what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. So what is the coolest thing that you've noticed when teaching people live? Yes. And. Like what was a big aha moment you had with either a team or with a player or a person that you didn't expect Livius and to really shape people? Yeah. I can't remember if I shared this story or not at the conference, but I was a friend of mine uh, was the, uh, uh, he worked for a school district. He was the superintendent of a school district in Michigan. And I was in town doing some work and he said, Hey, he said, uh, tomorrow we have an all day negotiating session with the teachers union right so you get the superintendent and his board and they're negotiating all day with the uh, teachers union which he said it's usually really contentious both of them are you know like they don't they tend to not like each other once they get in the same room and he's like will you come before the meeting and just do a yes and session with the whole group and I was like, yeah, of course. He's like, maybe an hour, hour top. Just come in. You don't need to address any of the politics in the room. He's like, just take us through a yes and session. So I went in, I did this, you know, I did a yes and workshop basically for everybody. And then I left and they spent the rest of the day together. And I was, I was giving a book talk that night and he came to my book talk. And, uh, and I was like, hey man, how'd, how'd the day go? And he's like, you're not going to believe it. He goes, it was the best day of negotiating we've ever had. I was like, why? And he's like, he said, it was all about the yes and. He goes, as soon as a conversation would get contentious, one person would call out the other group and say, hey, you're not yes anding my idea. 
And like, wow. he, goes, it would, he goes, it would break the tension in the room and they would go, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. And it forced them to listen more, to be more empathic, to be more compassionate. And he was like, it was the best day of negotiating ever. And I was like, wow, I never, never would even have thought of, of that type of situation as a, as a yes and, you know, bridge building opportunity. But that, 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 that's really what it was because it gets us to get outside of our perspective and, and, and try to see things from someone else's perspective. And that's what empathy is. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what great teams do, right? It, it's built yeah. on that, that psychological safety of trust, respect, and value. And when we, excuse me, when we do that, we try to find that win-win in life. I love that so much. The thing that's so fascinating about it too, is it not only teaches you how to figure out different perspectives, but it truly makes you listen yeah. because it makes you step back when you maybe don't like an idea and you normally be like, why would we do that? And instead it's like, okay, how do I chan the cha like channel the yes and, and yeah. you're truly listening to their idea because you're trying to either add on to it, make it better or work with it. Right. And so yeah. it truly makes yeah. people listen in a way that is so different than a lot of people explain. And I think people need that more is, you know, people always say, oh, you need to listen more. And yeah. the problem is it's not just listening, but it's the agreement and the understanding and then building on it instead of, you know, I listened. I just don't like it though. <laughs> that doesn't help yeah, yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like people's ideas, but do you like that person? Yeah. Right. And if you like that person, then you're going to want to create, you know, an environment, a relationship where they trust, respect, and value you because you trust, respect, and value them. So if you're like, Absolutely. hey, Travis, I, you know, I think we should paint the walls blue. And I'm like, ooh, I don't really like blue. Um, I like red. And you're like, but I, I really think they should be blue. And I was like, okay, like, okay, interesting. Like, tell me more. Tell, tell me why, tell me why you want to paint. So now I'm just curious, right? Like, yeah, I disagree, but I want to understand where you're coming from. And yep. you're like, well, I think it would make the, the, the room blue. It'll be, it'll, it'll be brighter and it'll show up better in our Zoom calls. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. Okay, like it doesn't mean we're gonna go with it, but if I if I care about you, I'm gonna be more likely to care about your ideas. Absolutely. If I don't care about you, I'm going to be less interested in your ideas. Yeah. And so those two are usually connected. I loved the idea that something that you're you weren't expecting, like people doing negotiations mm -hmm. can change how people think because yeah. it makes you it it makes you step back. And it makes you realize, okay, it's not us against you. It's like, okay, how can we come together? Just like you said with the Reese's. And so with live yes and, and all these things, I think one thing that someone asked you at the event is they're not good at saying no and how in life they're the worst at saying no and all these things. And so how can you explain it to people that are misunderstanding the fact that you're not just supposed to say yes to everything and yes, isn't yeah. always the answer and kind of how it's more, yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you dive into that a little more. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and so, uh, and th there may be people like myself, uh, which is I, I do struggle saying no to people because I have a healthy dose of people pleasing inside of me. And so whether you're a parent or, uh, manager or whatever you are, if you, if you struggle saying no, your struggle of saying no isn't so much because you believe that the person's ideas are valid. Not, I mean, not valid or, or great ideas. It's that you don't want to disappoint them. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a pleaser, 
you're, you don't want to disappoint people, but it's really, it's still all about you not to get a little psychological here. It's about you. It's, you don't want to disappoint them because you don't want them to have a negative opinion about you. So you're still just, you're, it's still about you protecting your own self-image by not wanting someone to not like you for saying no to them. It's always yeah. an, it's always an inside job, but long yeah. story short is, so this idea of, do I have to say yes to everything? No, you don't have to say yes to everything. Like it's, you want to create uh, a mental space again on teams where you are inviting ideas and, and, and people feel valued. So they want to share ideas and you all are actively looking to collaborate with one another. Yes. So ideas are going to come along and say, oh, Michelle, we can't do that. We, we can't do that. And is there a way for us to still incorporate that? And so, so it, it, it opens up that lens for creativity, right? The best creativity comes out of limitations and restrictions. And so, so you want to invite, you just don't want to be the person that says, no, we can't do that. No, we've done that before. No, we don't have the budget. No, it'll never work. Now you're just, you're not even open, right? You're not even open to other people's ideas. So it's about, can we be open more? But as far as you know, not saying yes to everything. You, the clearer you are of, 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 again, we talk about your purpose, your authenticity, your identity. When you know who you are, you need to be able to say, to say no actually to a lot of things because by saying no to those things, you're actually saying yes to your bigger purpose, your bigger identity, your bigger authenticity. And so you have to kind of understand who you are um, because if you just say yes to other people's demands, they're the ones you're giving all of your your time and energy to other people's pursuits instead of your own. Absolutely. And and, and so um, it's recognizing that often when we say no to others, we're actually saying yes to ourselves. We're saying yes. I love that to our vision and our purpose. And and again, a lot of it is so much. It comes down to just recognizing that to say no to someone, it can still be done with grace. And yeah. with, with compassion, Michelle, you, you, Michelle, you could have been like, Travis, can you do this podcast today? And I, you know, like I could have been like, oh, Michelle, I'm so sorry. I'm in the process of a move and I would love to be on your podcast, but I just can't do it right now because I really need to focus on my move. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, absolutely. like yes, uh, that, that's a great idea. Or I, I've, you know, I've reached out to people before that I've wanted to make connections with. And I say, hey, I'd love to make a connection there. And they've been trying, thank you so much. It means a lot that you would reach out and want to make a connection. I just don't have time right now because I'm so focused on writing my next book or writing my next project, but thank you so much. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, like when we have our priorities in line, we're really clear on what to say yes to and what ends up becoming a distraction away from our, away from our yes. And even on absolutely, team, and even on teams, we can't operate 100% in this in brainstorming mode, right? Like we need to get yeah. we need to get stuff done. Like the deliverable is tomorrow, the deliverable is next week. We still can't be in brainstorming mode, but we can be in problem solving mode, right? And so we can still be in that yes and, which is um, we're still problem solving as new limitations. And we're like, yes, okay, we have to. We, all right, that's the new reality. We need to work with it. And yes, that's the new reality. We need to work it. And we're all trying to problem solve together, but we're not going to go, you know what we should do? We should do a completely new project because I have an idea like, no, like, and so it's just recognizing that, that, that yes, is about keeping ourselves open to, to possibility. 
Um, but 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 the, the clearer I, I am about who I am, the easier it's going to be to say no, because I recognize it would be taking me away from my yes. Yeah, I think that's so, so good to hear for people, because the thing I really I, I took from that was that you explained that giving people compassion and also the honesty of why not instead of just no, I'm too busy. Because when someone says they're too busy or like, I don't have time for that, it's, it's kind of shuts you down where it's like, you're not that important, which is there's, you need boundaries, but having the compassion of understanding why you're too busy, or maybe we can do it later or explaining what you're focusing on, I think is huge. Cause it does set up that boundary for people where they respect your time and respect your, your boundary of what you can give them. But it also gives the compassion of, Hey, I'm really like, I just do not have the bandwidth to focus on anything other than my book right now. Can I please get back to you? And maybe we can revisit after the book or after this or whatever, instead of just that shut down, it's almost like kind of yes. Anding them in a way, instead of saying, I'm too busy. Cause of course, like we've always had those friends that are just, Oh, I'm too busy, too busy, too busy. And you're like, too busy doing what? Like, <laughs> right. you just don't want to hang context. out with me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And right. it's like, do you think I'm not busy? You know what I mean? So it becomes yeah. this, like you're just combating, right? Instead of the yes. And I understand you're busy and I understand that you, this would really help you right now, but this is what needs to happen. And then maybe you can find time in there because it's, Oh, I can help you with your book in this way. I didn't know you were struggling with that. Then I can, then you can help me in this. So that is very fascinating to give that extra piece to the puzzle. I think it really truly helps people and helps yourself understand how to give people those boundaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And not just be shut down all. Cause again, it's like that being shut down. You're like, well, if they're, you know, they're always so busy. I never want to reach out. And then you wonder why people don't reach out to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you blew me off, you know, like yeah. a dozen times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and again, that, that idea of for each of us taking the time to just get really clear and have a sense of clarity about, about who we are and what we're about. Absolutely. And, and like I said earlier, like I, I, I don't have a plan moving forward. I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have a 10-year plan. I don't have a 12-month plan. Right. So, um, but I'm, I'm always sort of working on my stuff and, um, and, and, and being really clear on projects and opportunities and things that resonate with who I am and what I'm about. So that when something comes along, that might be a great opportunity, it's, but it's not a great opportunity for me, right? This mm-hmm. is a great opportunity, but it, it, it doesn't fall in line with, with what I want to be spending my time and energy on. And so, you know, we can have a clear sense of purpose without, again, and still be quote unquote lost. Right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I can, I, you can, you can pick me up. Like I said, you can pick me up and drop me anywhere. I'm still going to be me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still, I still know who I am, even if I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. And I think that's a great reminder to people that, I mean, you, you hear the title like, oh, he works with the U.S. men's soccer team. And you're like, yeah. he's made it. He's there. How did he get there? How do I get there? And it's like, no, you're still just as unorganized and lost moving to the next step. And it's like, yes, it's a very exciting thing. And what you're doing right now is so fascinating and hearing about the trips you guys take and all of the things, but it doesn't mean there's not, there's always a next thing. There's always, oh, I hope you're so. still, yeah. yeah. Right. And so I hope this is chapter one and not the epilogue. I'll take the program. <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always, um, it's always chapter one. And mm-hmm. um, hopefully this is just, again, another chapter one. And once my national team time is done, it's 
and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, even though if I don't, even though I don't know what that next thing is going to be. Yeah. And again, there's always another book. There's always another always, story. Always another book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. Um, is there anything else that you can share with us before we close out? Oh, I, I'm sure there's plenty. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, I'm sure there's something. Yeah. I, I've got no agenda, Michelle. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing so much. I think this is so incredible for people to remember and to learn because I mean, we're all a little unorganized and lost and understanding that looking at someone and thinking they're successful and, or knowing they're successful and thinking I could never, or, oh, they have it figured out and realizing that no one does. We're all human. We're all trying to figure it out. And, um, always giving people grace and understanding, like it's, it's hard when you're in such a, a beginning stages of your life and understanding that, you know, anyone in business or in these different high level positions that we're all human. And I think that's so cool that like breaking it down in the yes. And is also a great reminder for people that think they could never, or think that they could, that they're, those people are ahead of them or those people are above them. And it's like, yes, like what they're doing and what they're, they've accomplished is incredible. Like the things that you've accomplished is insane because it's, it seems like it wasn't a linear line, but it really was. It just was a line that you wouldn't have expected. And I think it's a great reminder for people, especially, honestly, I would say young people, but I know that it's people of all ages who are feeling a little lost and thinking that they don't know what their next step is. And I think it's a great reminder that everybody's going through that. And I think that yes, and is a great way to continue on that. Yeah, no, thank you. I, you know, again, we, I think we had shared, you know, that idea of we connect, we connect dots in reverse, right? We don't really mm -hmm. connect dots. If you're trying to connect dots, um, uh, projecting into the future, you're going to be in trouble uh, mm -hmm. because good luck controlling those dots. It's a lot easier to look back and go, oh, wow, look at how all these dots connected in this tapestry because it sure didn't make sense at the time. And so mm -hmm. instead of trying to make sense of it at the time, you were just focused on like, all right, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so does this resonate with who I'm in? Yeah, absolutely. Do it. Right. Where's it going to go? Who knows? I don't know. It's going to, and then it, it goes this direction, that direction, this direction. And, and ne next thing you know, you're on the national team and it's like, well, how in the world did this happen? And you're like, oh, wow, look at these crazy events that led here. I was never controlling it, any of them. Mm -hmm. I was just sort of, you know, humbly, you know, taking the next step. And yeah. um, uh, again, I am, I am committed to, to living on purpose. I'm committed to living on purpose. I am not attached to what that looks like. That's and so, awesome. so I'll always, hopefully, knock on. <laughs> so I, I can always be on purpose regardless of what is happening. Yeah. Be because it's not about controlling that outcome. It's about saying yes and to what is happening right now and, and, and bringing that sense of purpose and authenticity to it. I love that so much. I think it's also interesting. I feel like that kind of ties into when people say that, um, oh, you're so lucky. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever been told that in the position you're in, <laughs> well, but I know. I mean, I, I am lucky, you know, I, I get yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I am lucky. Right. So, yeah, I, I think the biggest that. thing is that um, the thing I heard is luck is when opportunity meets or when preparation meets opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge thing that one, you live by and two people need to realize is that when trying to say someone's lucky, it's, 
it's negating the fact that of all the preparation you took to get there, right? It's the understanding, okay, I didn't get this other opportunity with the U.S. team, but I'm still going to send the new coach a book that I wrote and I took a year to do. And it's been a year since I didn't get that other position of being able to speak with them. You made all those, those steps and those preparations. And it's not like you plan to work with the team, but making those preparations did give you the opportunity when it was presented to you. And because of the preparation, it just made sense. Right. And kind of like you said earlier, there's situations that some opportunities would be handed to you or presented to you. And it's like, wait, I'm not prepared for this yet. And there are times that you can step up and be like, I don't think I'm prepared, but I guess we'll try. (laughs) And you know, but I think people use luck a little too much. And again, I agree. Like there are times where like, wow, I was really lucky. Like I, a lot of the jobs that I've had are through our networking and I would say I'm lucky for that, but at the same time, it's putting in that work where then someone who I know wants to put me up for that, right? Yeah, and so yeah. it's, it is an interesting concept throwing in the word luck, and I think it's um, thrown around a little too much where people don't get the credibility of the preparation that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, again, it, someone can use luck as an insult or as a like, wow, you're so, you, you know, or as a compliment, right? Yeah. You know, again, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, you're so lucky. I'm like, yeah, I am. This is crazy. People ask me yeah. like, like, well, dude, you're on the national team. I'm like, I know it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> and so, uh, and right. And the, and in that is, um, right. Like I had a little bit to do with it. Um, I, I put some effort in time and, and, and I, I took some steps. I was never controlling the narrative or controlling the outcome, but yeah. there was plenty of steps that I had to take. Like, you know, I did write a book, you know, that yeah. took, a little, took a little bit of effort. You know, Absolutely. I, 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 I have done some things. Did I get lucky? To, absolutely. And so I, I've never heard of someone who was literally sitting at home doing nothing and someone came and found them in their house and plucked them out and put them into a position of importance. And this person was successful. And because why? Like, like you, at the end of the day, you, you, you have to, you still have to work and you have to yeah. um, put in the time and put in the effort. And that timeline is going to look different for everybody. And, and, and some people never maybe get the, the dream gig that, that they were striving for, but it's, it's again, it's still, it's like I said, it's not about the outcome. Like when my time with the national team is done, it's not like, well, I guess that's it. Like, I'm never going to top that. Like, no, like, okay, yeah, I'm on to the next thing because it's not about, again, it's cliche. It's not about the outcome. It's not about the destination. It's about bringing, you know, your, your full purpose and authenticity to, to what I'm doing. And right now it's with the national team and these other projects. And when it's not with them, I'll be doing it with whatever I'm doing next. And some of those things are going to look more glamorous than others, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So obviously, you know, people hear the title and probably want to know what is one of the coolest things that you've been able to do with the U S national team. Oh, I get to do improv with players on game day morning. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) It is. It is. It's great. So yeah, I, I, I do an optional mindfulness activation session with any of the players who want to come and I'll get six, seven, eight guys that will come and we'll play quick thinking improv games for 15, 20 minutes. And it just gets them out of their heads and into their body. 
and it just gets them present and focused and locked in and connected. And uh, um, I just laugh. I laugh inside. I laugh outside because I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm doing improv with national team players on game, <laughs> on game day morning, and then I'm hugging them on the field after the game. Like it's like what? Is I this? almost brought this that up. Crazy. This is stupid. So I am, I am, yes, I I lead the team in hugs for anyone out there. You'll see me on TV after games, hugging the players on the field, because that's part of what I do. Like I, I, I I need them to know how appreciated and loved um, they are. And that's one way to do it. That's amazing. Yeah, I think one of the, the funny stories that you had told me was whenever people see you on TV, it's always pictures of you hugging the players. Yeah. You're like, there there he is hugging people again. There he is. There's the old white guy hugging people out there. Yep, yep, that's, that's me. And it's such a cool cool thing to hear because you know as as coaches sometimes you got to be the tough guy and you got to be all these things and it's kind of neat to hear you're you have a different role with the team and you're the guy that they go to that's safe and you know telling them that they're great and all the things and it's it's pretty cool to hear yeah if if someone gets to fill that role and it's me i'll take it because uh i uh you know more times than not i'm just i'm not teaching these guys much I'm, i'm reinforcing um how great they already are not not in an entitling way but in a reminding way like you're here for a reason and you've earned your way here. So remember how you got here and that you belong here. So like, yeah, let's, let's just focus on that. And so um, that's cool. Yeah. It's one of the things I get to do. I feel like that's a good reminder for people also to hear is that someone who is on the U S men's soccer team still needs to be reminded they deserve to be there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? The, like the, that's the, kind the, of crazy. The pressure and the doubt and, and, uh, you know, a thousand other people trying to take their spot, you know? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's high pressure and, and that's the world they live in. And, and, um, and so if I can, if I can be a voice of support and encouragement that reminds them like, yeah, this is cutthroat, this is cutthroat competition. And, um, and I believe in you, right? I love you. I believe in you. Um, so just, just let's focus on what you can control and that's what you're doing right now and let everything else take care of itself. Yes. And yes. And yes. And (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. I randomly just thought of this. Have you watched Ted Lasso? (laughs) Of course. Of course. Love Ted Lasso. My favorite. Yes. I've I've met coach beard in real life. And so have you? he and I have, have, have shared improv stories. We know some of the same people in the improv world. And so he was giddy that, um, I get to do improv with the guys on the team. So that was, oh, that's uh, so cool. So that's been a lot of fun. And speaking of which, I actually have to jump off here and go do improv with someone else on another zoom. I love that. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. And, um, we're here to prove you don't always have to be organized to follow your dreams and getting lost. Isn't always a bad thing. I love Thank it. you so much. This was Thanks. amazing. Thanks so much, Michelle. I appreciate it. And uh, anyone listening, you know, if you guys have any follow-up questions or anything like that, um, would love to answer them. So be in contact. Yes. I'm easy. I will, at, I will tag Sand. all your things and your book and everything on the, on the show notes so people can awesome. find you. Thank you. Appreciate of it. Of course. Well, thank you everyone. Bye. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.